Section fifty six, volume three, chapter twenty two of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter twenty two. Who visits me besides the winds of heaven? Who seeketh me but the sad sighing breeze that bringeth to my ear familiar tones of voices silenced now? and friends long dead joanna bailey twelve months had elapsed from the period so eventful to the little circle we have been describing bringing with them the usual alternation of shade and sunshine pleasures and pains dr grant was now the rich rector of thoroton having delegated to an able curate all the emoluments and half the care of the little vicarage of holywell over which he still yearned as with the tenderness of a father marian was the happy mother of a son and heir and the duchess of wetherby of a daughter already consecrated to the memory of early friendship by the name of sophia thoroton proud to learn that its young member having rejected a peerage tendered through the medium of lord armitage still clung to its representation the duties of which he had during the intervening session ably discharged frowned upon gumption for his sake and accepted with thankfulness the munificence of its member mill hill abandoned by the mortified wemmersley was tenanted by the worthy and well-informed ex-mayor of the borough the family at maudsley hall were fermenting over certain newspaper reports that reginald the sapient had given his hand at aix la chapelle to the widow of a jewish banker monsieur le baron von periwinkle a lady formerly better known to the public as the celebrated mademoiselle anatoline of the academy royale at paris cheered and enlivened by a younger circle holywell park seemed to have lost all its cold formality while arthur and his wife in the congenial society of the weatherbys and wildinghams and the frequent holiday visits of lords armitage and greta did not forget the claims of the happy-hearted baltimores and robseys thrice happy in witnessing the happiness of their darling marian nevertheless upon her happiness there existed a drawback she was now enabled it is true to contribute to the education of her sisters and assign to the use of her brothers the portion bestowed upon herself by little jacob she had the satisfaction of seeing her mother pass her midsummer days in the midst of her children among the roses and strawberry beds of holywell and of conveying her father in triumph to the annual ovation of the st ledger dyke robsey had realised an additional thousand or two per annum by his railroad speculations even jack had prospered having disposed of a patent for waterproof harness varnish of his own invention for some thousands of pounds while lord armitage had procured a cadetship at woolwich for little bob and parson long odds bequeathed the savings of his living and his betting-book to his godson little dick yet amid all these triumphs marian found a thorn lurking amid her crown of roses mrs armitage was still abroad and apparently still resentful the letters addressed to her at her bankers during the first months of her absence had been uniformly returned unopened 
and it was now some time since the slightest intercourse had taken place between her and her english friends that she was labouring under an agonising and fatal disease never entered into their surmises so secret had been her measures at the period of undergoing the operation at paris the success of which had for a time inspired her with hopes of recovery they knew that she had been travelling in france germany italy and the assumed cheerfulness with which she was careful to greet those english friends with whom chance brought her into contact on her route had effectually deceived the world they saw her amused believed her happy and reported of her on their return to england as pleased and profiting by her travels there existed not however throughout europe a woman more profoundly miserable than mrs armytage broken in health broken in heart repentant yet ashamed to show her repentance unhappy yet above all things careful to disguise her wretchedness and yet though the demon of pride lingered around the ruin he had made pointing out with his skinny finger to her apprehensions the contumely of the world lest happier influences should obtain the ascendancy be it not supposed that the chastening hand of heaven had passed so heavily over her head without producing some degree of amendment she had become at least aware of her personal insignificance she who with her throne established at holywell had bidden kings come and bow to it who had rejected the overtures of ministers as beneath her notice evaded the travelling visit of a prince of blood and bandied scorn for scorn with the duchess of spalding she who from her sprinkling of economical and agricultural knowledge her familiarity with blackstone and her power to detect the shallow knaveries of messrs pennet and nebwell fancied herself skilled to sway the helm of kingdoms and essential to the peace and prosperity of the county of york she in short who looked upon mrs armytage of holywell as a portion of the state had at length been taught to know herself a speck in the creation a worm in the sight of him before whom kings and their thrones are altogether vanity she had traversed many countries countries where not only her name and quality but even her very language was a blank she spoke indifferent french was unskilled to bend to the usance of foreign lands and ungifted with that winning courtesy of manner which reconciles all discrepancies and supplies all deficiencies of speech the people among whom her wanderings were directed saw in her only a sickly hard-favoured sore to please old woman travelling with a maid and a courier not even a milady the very servants by whom she was accompanied and whom she had hired at paris knew nothing of her former days of empire and could announce no wonders in her honour and the vieille dame seule et doy was often thrust into the worst inn's worst room without ceremony and without apology on some occasion when subjected to one of those gross extortions which the much enduring english discover after much endurance to be no longer endurable 
she referred herself with indignation to the redress of a local tribunal but alas burn and blackstone were no longer available in her cause and mrs armytage the once mighty mrs armytage found herself compelled to wait among the commonality to be saucily cross-examined boldly outsworn insolently reproved condemned to payment and dismissed with costs while attendant notaries sneered and the rabble hooted in her dishonour her very menials grew ashamed of a mistress who would not submit to be cheated as became a woman of condition but it was not alone by the insolence of the vulgar she stood reproved it was by her own nothingness compared with the wise institutions and social advancement of the countries which through life she had presumed to disparage she who had been accustomed to fancy that the sun shone more favouringly at holywell than elsewhere and had presumed to tax the carelessness of providence when her harvests suffered from mildew or her flocks and herds from disease now beheld rising cities the very names of which were unfamiliar to her ear sage communities liberal foundations to which the puny establishments wherein she had vested her pride were as nutshells on the ocean she signified her approval she avowed her admiration and no one cared her very opinion was a matter of indifference the hospital she commended had existed for four hundred years unconscious of the being of the maudsleys of doomsday book and the brotherhood of st bernard and the ploughs of Ophuil had laboured diligently in their vocation whether doncaster races came to mrs armytage of holywell or mrs armytage of holywell went to doncaster races the sparrow on the housetop seemed of more account than herself to those among whom its nest was appointed at length the aggravation of uneradicable disease gave evidence that the anguish and peril she had undergone had been borne in vain once more the latent disorder put forth its agonizing throes she could travel no further she sought a home a home in which to suffer in which to die it was by the side of the arno she set up her rest that poetically sounding river which seems to breathe of shepherds muses and zephyrs but where the rain rains so heavily and the spring breezes blow so bleakly her villa bare and comfortless like all italian villas was ill calculated for the chilly season in which she chose it for her habitation she had no servants but foreign servants no books but foreign books she had not so much as foreign companions foreign friends for these she rejected a miserable disease was devouring her yet with all this she was only subjected to the common lot of humanity the visitations with which for his own great purposes god is pleased to visit the creatures of his hand the peculiar humiliation lay in herself that heretofore she had presumed to hold herself exempted from the vulgar destiny of mankind and now by foreign hands her dying limbs must be composed strangers must stand impatient 
by her bedside her very dust must return to the dust of strange and as she deemed it unhallowed ground the adored caroline of the old squire and the fond arthur the revered mistress of hardywood and simmons the patroness of schools and almshouses the benefactress of hospitals and asylums the great mrs armitage of holywell park must lie unnoticed and forgotten in the weedy corner of a tuscan burying-ground for behold providence had blessed her with two children to fulfil the customary duty of mourning over the grave of their mother the one had been dismissed from her affection by the mandate of her imperious temper the other cut off in the prime of youth and loveliness by her perversity had not the sufferer cause for mourning had she not cause for despondency might it not be inferred might it not be hoped that the tears which now for the first time began to steal down her cheeks were tears of repentance of penitence for lo she was about to die and felt that she had lived in vain the servants who attended her weary of their monotonous life were constantly protesting that nothing ailed her but ennui that she ought to remove to florence for advice if not for amusement but mrs armytage persisted in refusing to move she knew that amid the stir and tumult of a city amid the throng of unknown faces she should feel still more desolately alone even the peasants who occasionally found themselves in her presence while serving the villa with the produce of their farms or gardens ventured to accost her with the expression of their wonder and pity that she should lead so solitary a life and the children with an inquiry whether in her own country she had neither friends nor relatives for conventional distinctions are otherwise kept up on the continent than in our own aristocratic frame of society and man meets man as if the same heaven shone over their heads the same earth sustained the steps of one and all and little josephine the milkmaid could discern no thunderbolts in the hand of the once puissant mrs armytage in whose presence the two thousand heads and knees of the tenants of holywell had been wont to bow down and worship often would the miserable woman sit in her ill-closed window watching the still desolate valley of the arno and wondering when the trees would bud and the verdure spring anew for then she thought i shall be at rest dreary as was the scene it was more cheering to her feelings than the presence of strange multitudes she had more sympathy with the trees and pastures than with uncleanly bigots who knew not her language and the song of birds and bleating of flocks seemed congenial to the ear that listened in vain for the sound of a familiar voice for a word of kindness and endearment but she had learned at length to say when contemplating the greatness of her punishment i have deserved it all the right spirit was dawning within her even dr grant might have rejoiced with tears over his patroness as over the one sinner that repenteth one evening 
after having pursued for hours her dreary meditations by the light of the melancholy tapers that scarcely served to define the dimensions of her vast saloon mrs armytage was preparing to retire to the feverish pillow which pain rendered a pillow of thorns when she was startled by a sudden tumult in the portico of the villa and the insinuations of the neighbouring farmers that her solitary abode would one might or other be attacked by one of the bands roving about the country suddenly rushed into her mind the clamour and altercation in the vestibule increased till at length starting from her chair she stood with a beating heart to abide the issue after all then murmured she i am reserved for a violent death with a mortal disease consuming me i must fall a victim to assassination and she shuddered at the thought of all she might still be called upon to bear ere laid at rest for ever when the door of her chamber was flung open she beheld dark figures enter the room and involuntarily closed her eyes that she might meet her doom without shrinking with hasty steps the intruders traversed the floor and approached her while overcome by weakness she sank into a chair under the expectation of an assailing arm perhaps a mortal blow a single humble and heartfelt ejaculation to heaven avowed her apprehensions and her resignation but the arm that encircled her was no hostile arm the sobs that reached her ear burst from no alien bosom it was her son her afflicted son who was hanging over her it was marian who was kneeling at her feet will you receive us will you accept us faltered arthur again embracing her a kiss imprinted upon his clasped hands and the burning tears that fell upon them silently avouched the repentance and the renewed affections of his mother End of volume three. Chapter 22